triumph. Well, for most of us, we wished on telly, but uh, those who were lucky enough to be there had bought tickets or were actually working there. Included uh, Jeff Wilson, of course, a former terrific uh, All Black great, and uh, doing his uh, job uh, in terms of commentary as well. Seen many a Crusaders victory, many a Super Final, mostly featuring the Crusaders. Just by the by, joins us this morning, Jeff. Good morning to you. Morning, Smithy. Great sermon this morning. I very much enjoyed that. Oh yeah, good on you mate Hey listen, in all honesty though I mean you do have to play pretty much the perfect game To beat them and the Chiefs weren't able to do that Look what you have to do is You have to play with 15 men as long as you can And for 30 minutes of that they didn't do it And ultimately to even have a chance In the contest I think Actually shows the quality of the Chiefs Over the course of the season I think they proved they were the best team But that sometimes just doesn't win you Finals and you've got to, as you've just rightly said, you've got to do things right, particularly against a defending champion, a six-time defending champion who knows how to win. And, look, I don't think we could see it coming as the game came on, but you got a sense when you were there that when there were critical moments, it was the Crusaders that were winning those. And ultimately, when Damian McKenzie came up short with a 53-metre penalty shot at goal, you got the sense that it wasn't going to be their night. All those cards just uh, justified for you, Jeff. You you were there on the spot, so you, you get the immediate reaction. But you've also had a chance to think about it and and, and uh, break it down over the last uh, couple of days. Fully justified. <coughs> oh look, I mean, you can't argue with Anton Leonard Brown. In fact, probably fortunate it wasn't upgraded to a red card, and he was out of the game for 20 minutes. Um, he's gone to the judicial system now. He'd probably get a little bit of a holiday. He's just got that wrong. Um, I think Luke Jacobson's probably the one of the three that you look at and go, you know what, in such a contentious area of the game, the breakdown, his technical ability has been proven over the course of the season. I don't think he was far wrong, but that was on the accumulative pressure that the Crusaders were putting on. It was back-to-back-to-back penalties. Um, Clearly, Ben O'Keefe was going to go hard at the breakdown. He'd gone in with a mindset in that game, and it was the Chiefs who didn't adjust and adapt and Look, in the end, ultimately, Sam Kane suffered from it as well late in the game. And, look, Sam felt as though they needed a big play and he needed to turn the tide of momentum and he took a risk that, unfortunately, really backfired and, and compromised their ability to, to have one last push at winning the game. But I think you can look at all three of them and go, you know what, understandable but clearly frustrating for both the teams and the, and the fans. If you look at um, where Ian Foster's gone and you look at the performances like... Can we break down Sean Stevenson's performance uh, uh, in a grand final situation overall? He made one, probably one error, and it was when Richie Moonga scored his try um, in the second half for the... uh, Sorry, in the first half for the Crusaders. He just ran off uh, defensively on the goal line. trying to drift onto a player two or three metres from his old goal on. He probably should have just made that tackle. But other than that, there are a couple of contestable kicks, which are always 50-50 anyway, that he probably didn't win. But overall, he was really good once again. I think he just reminded that he has all of the necessary skills you would like to see out of a fullback. But ultimately, I don't think it's enough for him to get an opportunity in the all-black jersey for the first couple of test matches. His big chance now is really to go to training with the All Blacks in Argentina 
and before the Mount Smart um, test and really step up there in in the environment and go, you know what, I'm not I'm, I'm out here to prove a point and continue to prove a point. But he probably didn't quite do enough to to over go over the likes of a I would say a Will Jordan or a Damian McKenzie in the fullback jersey for the All Blacks just yet. Two of the yellow cards for the Chiefs, Jeff, uh, were uh, loose forwards, Jacobson and Kane, of course. But overall, the loose forward battle, people continue to talk about Sam Christie. And two unheralded players, really, in, uh, in terms of the Crusaders' other makeup there without Blackadder, etc. So, how did you see the, the way Razor was able to patch that loose forward trio together? Remarkable effort. You can't. I mean, you can't argue with what what they've done as a um, as a group. But also the fact that um, 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 Johnny Talatui, uh he's he's played international rugby for Tonga. I mean, he's a good player. I mean, he's been developed really nicely. I mean, Christian Leo Willie did a couple of years down with the Highlanders, and he's then gone. And they've just done a really nice job. And Chris is just an outstanding footballer. You know, he's suffered a couple of injuries over the last couple of seasons, which hasn't allowed him to develop in the player that he is. I mean, the one thing all three of them, if you look at them, they probably lack, on an international scale, they lack a little bit of size, but not heart. But they had a tight five in front of them, which were outstanding. Look, I mean, this is the, the standard that Razor has set in regards to preparing sides. They just, they just don't falter. They just are well and truly prepared. And when they go out and deliver performances like that, the future for the Crusaders is clearly bright. When you think about the fact that Scott Barrett will return, you've got Quinton Strange, you've got Don Gardner to come in, you've got the, the evolution of Tamaiti Williams. I mean, they've done a great recruiting job, development job like they always have. And, you know, ultimately the big challenge for them is when Ethan Blackheader does return next year and Cullen Grace does return, how do they continue to develop these players? Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, I know, when you, when you start listing them down with the, the injury count they've had, you, you're quite remarkable in terms of the production line. Um, and Jeff, uh, the number 10 battle was uh, one of the ones people focused on. People said whoever wins that will probably win the match. Um, <coughs> Mackenzie, there's no doubt Mackenzie has to be floating around at any All Black 23 these days. But did Mwanga say, that, look, come the big night, I'm the guy, I'm the good Mwanga again? So what was great about this game is the fact that two teams have different game plans and both of them pretty much, you'd have to say, executed them reasonably well. Like we could quite easily be having a completely different conversation if Damien McKenzie gets a couple of extra metres on a kick at goal, like he did the week before. And I think that's what we have to remind ourselves of. I mean, there's all this chat about these great Crusaders, but there was a lot of outstanding performances from the Chiefs as well, given the fact they were down to 14 men for a significant part of that game. So this conversation, I think it, was, it wasn't necessarily a split decision. I think both first fives actually executed the way they wanted to play. Damien was, um, uh, had some endeavour. He kicked for territory, he found grass. Richie Mwanga drove his team around the park. When he had to take his kicks for the sideline, he got his team in the right part of the field, gave them opportunity to go to their line-out drives. But so I think for me, that's what I would have great confidence of. I'm Ian Foster, is that if teams have a game plan and their first fives are given the job to drive that, then ultimately that must give him the confidence to know that he's got those capabilities as well. So look, I think Richie Moonga right now, you know, once again, um, you give him the keys to the car um, and then it's what combination of players you give him around him. The one challenge we may have, though, is that Ansel Leonard Brown's probably going to get a break. He's going to get a few weeks off. David Harvey is not going to be available in these first two or three, at least four test matches. So what's the combination you get outside him? And 
and how quickly can they come together because they're going to have to do that. Sam Whitelock's legacy for Crusaders Rugby? Oh, just New Zealand rugby, all black rugby, you name it. Um, he's an absolute legend. Like, he confirmed that. Uh, he was desperate to play. Um, you know, like, the people talk about the risks. He's, he, he deserves the right to choose and say, I'm good enough to go. That's how tough this guy is. He's probably an, an element of discomfort, but he wanted to go out there and have one last ride um, on the Crusader train, and he deserved that, and he, and he does it. And, and it's one of those things, you know, we're understanding it was an Achilles injury and, and a niggle, and those things can just be niggly. That's what he felt it was, and he could push through it. Remarkable, remarkable Crusader career. I'd love now for him to have one more great crusade um, for the All Blacks and help mm. lead and drive the sport back towards the Rugby World Cup because, look, he's an absolute legend. I mean, I don't... His longevity and, and all the things that you could ask of an All Black forward, he's delivered on all levels. Uh, Jeff, uh, just, uh, uh, just before we let you go, uh, on a couple of um, positional... Um, areas looking forward to the All Blacks now on the evidence of what you saw on Saturday night wasn't that long ago people were writing Cody Taylor off but who would your starting hooker be uh, for the All Blacks at the moment so here's the thing I mean I don't pick the team you don't pick the team they they go through their processes but I, I look at what it might take for us to to win a Rugby World Cup for us to push deep into the tournament and I'm looking at how impactful our number 16 through 23 can be and what roles people can play in that. And I'm, I'm looking at it and going, I think Cody Taylor has returned to not just his best form, his best ever form. He's got another 80. That's what he's done in another playoff game. That's, got to, that's some sort of engine. You don't see that from hookers. So for me, I think having the impact of a somersaulting Pukiaho coming off the bench for the All Blacks for the last 30 minutes of a big test match would be incredibly dynamic. And I think they'll be looking at it that way, hopefully, not just with him, but a number of other players. The likes of a Damian McKenzie, if he's not starting, his impact coming off the bench. That's one of our great competitive advantages. I'd love to see that happen again. And I think Cody Taylor has shown... I saw him on the sidelines warming up, Smithy. And he is... Mm. I don't know whether he's just put on that, a little bit of extra size, but he looked, I'd say, three, four, five kgs heavier than he's looked in a long, long time. And he carried it well and used it well. And... I think if you looked at his semi-final performance and his final performance in Super Rugby, it was immense. Uh, and Jeff, just finally, your back three, your back three to start for the All Blacks. Well, I mean, look, I mean, this is this, this is brought with danger, and you know, I'm looking at it and going, what is it I'd like to see from from our outside back division? And if if we assume Mark Tilley is not going to be fit and available, which is a high probability, I think Amoni Larawa deserves to start on the right wing. Um, I think through our midfield injuries, it's going to force us to have Rico Ioane at centre, but I don't think we should not, we shouldn't consider the fact he could be the best left wing in the world. But Lester Fyamanuku has had a remarkable season, and I'm going to go all out attack. I'm looking at Will Jordan and going, let's put him out there, let's see what he can do with Richie Mwanga, his teammate, and if we put those back three together and give them a bit of a licence, look out. Exciting, Jeff. Exciting. Uh, congratulations to um, Scott Robertson. I mean, we, ha we haven't even talked really about races, but I mean, it's seven? I mean, you just don't win seven of anything these days, do you? No, it's a remarkable, 
remarkable performance. It really is. You just have to congratulate what he has done. He's taken that team to the next level. Look, we've got to wait a little bit longer, but what he has done is given this group of players some real confidence and momentum. And I don't think we discount what Clayton McMillan has done in the last couple of seasons as well for the Chiefs. These two teams make up the majority of the All Blacks. So ultimately, they've both got to be going in. One's obviously a bit disappointed, the other one on a real high. A lot of players promoted to the next level and playing outstanding rugby. Jeff Wilson, as always, mate, thank you so much for uh, being available um, this morning. Uh, great call at the weekend and uh, look forward to your remaining calls throughout uh, this season as we head forward towards France. So I know you're going there too. So you're, what, you're, you're uh, getting ready with your snails, are you? You're a snail man? Oh, oh, mate, I'm not a snail man, but I'll tell you what, I mean, I, I love this time of the year um, because we've got some new blood and these test matches, I know there's only there's only four, but I mean, Mount Smart Stadium, Mendoza, it's, it's, mate, it's a World Cup year. What's not to be excited about? Yeah, absolutely right. Jeff Wilson, thank you very much, mate. Have a terrific week. Thanks for your time. Good. You too, Smitty. Cheers, mate.